Say What? Say What Radio Show. With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. Uh, welcome to the Say What Show. It's October 28th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Mona Radler. Dolly is pulling her hair out somewhere in Florida because she has this spectrum. I don't know what it is, but it's that's who's her internet provider. And she made me crazy because... I'm trying to take a nap, and all of a sudden my phone goes off. Ding, 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 ding. I finally, you know, started saying some bad words and uh, got up and looked at it, and she's going, the Internet's off, the Internet's on, the Internet's off, the Internet's on. The in- That's all she was messaging me. Well, by that time, the dog was upset. <laughs> oh, well, what's the matter? What's the matter? You know, but, uh, yeah, so... They finally supposedly got the internet working, but then some kind of a device that they had added to the to the system prior to whatever upgrade they did wasn't working. And Annette had her boyfriend there put that thing in, and they can't get a hold of the boyfriend. And you know, but God bless Dolly, she sent me an email at some point in the day when the thing was up giving me a list and normally i don't know what her list look like but boy this is a this is a really amazing list that she sent us um so what i'm gonna do i guess we'll just start with that list unless uh mona did you want to talk about did you have something you wanted to talk about i did watch that video you shared but let's go to dolly's list well at that video um i've actually got a 16 minute clip of it and we'll play that a little bit in, into the show because I just played the whole thing. Uh, it was it was just, <laughs> I don't normally like channelers because I don't trust anybody that channels. They're, it, it, it's, they're translating what they're hearing. Right. So I, I have a lot of hesitation about, you know, channelers. But this is uh, uh, Elena Benan, right. And... She, she is, I, I, she's, she's got fans with Walt and Dolly and you know some other people. Well, she, she, I have to clarify. You, you should know, she's not chan- channeling per se like channelers that are going into some kind of trance. She's, she's perfectly awake because what she's receiving, she's receiving telepathically through uh, uh, alien technology. So it's not like in any kind of trance. She's actually hearing it in her head. Yeah, she even told him to slow down. They, they were talking. Yeah, yeah. He, he's kind of relaying things so quickly she can't keep up with what he's saying. So it's not like she's in a trance. Oh, I'm hearing the spirit of Napoleon. No, no, no not like that. <laughs> I agree with Nancy because you just never know who it is that's coming through. And I, I definitely agree to that. Yeah. Well, I, I I was very impressed because she kept confirming things that I've been saying. <laughs> so I don't know if it's off-world information or not, but it was, well, I mean, we could do it now if you want. You want me to just play that 16 Sure. Minutes? 
right, let's, let's well, just, give the audience some notion about what we're talking about. That might yeah. help. Yeah, well, see, hopefully they've listened to it because, like I say, uh, Jan Shaw, um, she had a scheduling situation, so she couldn't do the show today. And then um, Irma sent me the, <coughs> excuse me, sent me the uh, that link. And she sends me a lot of links and a lot of, most of the time I'm like, no, 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 it's just, you know, something, something's not right with it. I'm not getting the vibes. But this time I got the vibes, turned the thing on and I was engaged with it from, from the get go because there was just so much in that first part of it that uh, was just pretty fascinating. So what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the 16 minutes. Maybe some of you have heard the entire hour by now. But, um, it's it, you know, it doesn't hurt to hear it again. So I'm going to play that. I've just got to go down here on the playlist and click on it. And uh, like I say, it's 16 minutes. So uh, we'll be back at the end of the 16 minutes. It's October 23rd, one day after the Galactic Spiritual Informers Connection Conference has concluded, and I am here with Elena Danan, who has agreed to relay messages uh, from Thorhan Aridian. And so we're going to do the third in a series of Q&As with uh, Thorhan. You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala, your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. Welcome, Elena, and welcome to Thorhan. Thank you, Michael. And Thorhan is connected to me and very um, impassioned and impatient and uh, happy to do this. This is wonderful. Well, I know the last time we <coughs> communicated with Thorhan uh, during a road trip, um, from uh, to towards Nashville, Tennessee, uh, we talked about the the hub that uh, the Galactic Federation, the Droplet Council, Ashtar Command, was working on in collaboration with the Earth Alliance and Space Command. So, can you give us an update on on the hub? What, you know, where does that stand right now? Okay, so I'm going to repeat what he's saying regarding the hub in the Jupiter orbit, the construction has gone forward. Many ships have been linked to the central mothership, offered kindly by the Altians from the Intergalactic Confederation. Many tunnels have joined the ships together, and now it is starting to look like the first ring is about to be completed. We have welcomed some technicians and workers from the Space Force military personnel from Terra. They are working at, and sorry, preparing the facility for them to settle and have their own hub, Terra military hub, in one of ships anchored to the central mothership. 
So this Altean mothership, which is at the core of the hub, we could call that a space arc. Is, is that something that is a, like brand new that's just been recently constructed or is it like an ancient space arc that was, that's being repurposed to be used for the hub? This is one of the motherships that came with the fleet from the Intergalactic Confederation. This mothership was offered as a gift. It becomes the center of the hub. You call it ARC. This is right. This corresponds to some ARCs, ancient motherships, from different races of the Intergalactic Confederation left on your planet Terra and several other planets of this star system. Now, with these arcs that were left on Terra in ancient history, I mean, we know there are 24 seeder races. So is it correct to say, to estimate that there are 24 space arcs buried all over the Earth that correspond to one of the seeder races? This is not exactly correct. 24 arcs from the Intergalactic Confederation. Some of the members of the Intergalactic Confederation group you name, the Cedars, do not travel in motherships. So some motherships are double or triple from some civilizations, members of the Cedars, but the 24 number is representative of the Cedars group. And they hide each, the technology of each personal member personal member, sorry, of this group. So uh, with uh, using the, uh, you know, this Cedar uh, mothership that was used as the foundation or the core for this hub with you know, advanced technologies and more ships around it, uh, this, th th that's the same pattern for earlier civilizations like the Al Alta civilization, Atlantis, that is kind of similar pattern. This is exact. The Altians like to build such as this and also the Batal and other members. Four groups are building their colonies as such. The Altians founded Atla, which was built on an Altian, sorry, mothership. So you, you said that uh, this Altair mothership that's at the core of the hub that's being built now is a, is a gift to humanity, to the Earth Alliance and Space Force and Space Command. So does that gift mean that the technologies on it are kind of like available to be studied and to be uh, reverse engineered or used in some way by Earth scientists? Yes, this is exact, correct. The technology will be available for all Terran military at first and then civilians and scientific organizations. The Altians also gift in this mothership other technologies belonging to other groups belonging to the Cedars and you will have access to all the technologies that are um, implemented, that's what you say, implemented, thank you in the Intergalactic Confederation. Speak slower, please. Thank you. Okay, so with the uh, mothership at the core of the hub, does that mean 
It's only Altean starseeds with the right DNA and consciousness that can go in to activate these technologies to then share with Space Force, uh, with the scientists of the Earth Alliance. This is correct. Perfect. Okay. So, um, is this what they're doing now? Are, are they looking for starseeds with the right consciousness and DNA to be able to interact with the LTN mothership um, uh, that's forming the hub? This is not the priority. The priority of finding the star seeds envoy, as you name them, belonging to the Intergalactic Confederation on that are that are that are on Terra are to look localize these people that they can use the technologies that have been hidden on Terra for such a long time. The same people will be also able to access the technologies that are offered in this mothership in the orbit of Jupiter. So when will the hub, which of course is the entire infrastructure uh, that's being built around this LTN mothership, when will the hub be complete? We do not know for certain yet, but it will take from one to two years. So that the completion of the hub, uh, we can expect that to happen soon. So we, once that is completed, what will happen next? I mean, will the hub be disclosed? Is that up to the Earth Alliance? What's going to happen? The hub will be already disclosed during its construction. It is already known to the Terran military, certain sector of industry which participate in this construction. After the Galactic Federation includes Terra as member, the civilians will have access to the hub, all the facilities. It will be very interesting for the Terran to discover our cultures, our facilities, our enjoyment places, and all the technology that will serve science and evolution, not only physically, but also the technology will be with consciousness. And the Terrans will have access to some facilities where they will be able to experience expansion of consciousness. So, so the primary uh, function of the art then is to act as this kind of like intergalactic community that Terrans can come to and just interface with, you know, whether it's to just to see and to experience a different culture or whether it's to kind of like participate in scientific research and development or you know, de developing some kind of like exotic arts or sciences. Is that really something that all humanity is going to be allowed to access in some way? This will be a place of enjoyment, research, sharing, discoveries, and adventures, okay, and trade. This hub is the response to a demand from the Intergalactic Confederation, which decided that Ganymede wasn't big enough to sustain a large amount of visitors. Now that your star system is free, the vortex 
is becoming how would I say a place of trade and we need to secure this place of trade for the exchanges with this hub there will be a military presence this hub will welcome civilizations from this galaxy even the farthest quadrant and other galaxies and it will be very interesting for the Terrans to interface with these new visitors. Trade will be regulated. This needs to be. You will discover what it is like to be part of an intergalactic culture. Because when you join membership with the Galactic Federation of Worlds, you become instantly member of the Intergalactic Confederation. Terrans will be able to experience all these new cultures. They cannot do this now. I am speaking about the civilians because it will be a shock, cultural shock for them. Okay. Well, I, I know that um, there was a television series called Deep Space Nine based on the Star Trek series where you have a, a kind of like a this uh, space station that was a hub for trade and intergalactic communication. Is, is this kind of like what we're looking at with the hub? I recall this series. Elena watched it. I was interested because it depicts your near future. This creator, Gene Roddenberry, it is not him who produced this new series you are mentioning, but he gave the plan with all the instructions to his followers to continue producing this series of movies. The vortex is the same vortex as the Jupiter Stargate. Deep Space Nine, the facility is a reflection of the hub in the near future. Your planet was liberated from Enlil and Sikar. The reptilians are represented in this series as the enemy who left the planet after the Federation won upon them. This is true. This is your future reality. One of the things that I've uh, speculated about is that uh, Gene Roddenberry had been given information from the future about humanity and that his series, Star Trek and uh, the Deep Space Nine, that these were based on kind of like future events that had been revealed to him, that had been disclosed to him through a U.S. Navy disclosure program. Is that kind of like correct? We gave this information to your Terra military a long time ago, and this information was to be infused in your society through this media. Gene Roddenberry performed the program he was given through a visual and movie representation of this program. It needed not to be exact, because if it was exact, this series would have never 
been authorized by your enemy. Deep Space Nine represents the last stage of the program. After this series, nothing belongs to the program. Yes, I mean, I watched the series. It was a, uh, I really thought that the planet Bajor in the series was like a tr so clear that that represented the Earth. You know, there was a long-term occupation by these Cardassians, like reptilians, and the Earth was, was going through a transition, a liberation, to be eventually incorporated into the Federation. So I thought it was a really interesting kind of like series that depicted what we see now really happening. This series, I had an interest while Elena watched it some years ago. This series, I noticed that there is a warning, not only about the liberation from the reptilian people, but also from the liber about, sorry, <laughs> you know you're excited, but also about the liberation of the people from themselves on Bajor planet. The spiritual liberation needs to happen and is largely mentioned in this movies series. Series? Yes, so we say series. <laughs> Sorry. It is largely mentioned in this series that the people of planet Bajor needs to liberate themselves from a spiritual tyranny that is blocking their evolution. This is quite well done. Do you see the message? You. So that's the first 16 minutes of it, and it goes on for pretty near an hour. Um, I'll get you the link. Uh, you guys there? Oh, wait a minute. And, 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 oh, sorry. <laughs> Something was happening, and I think it was on the tape. You're unmuted now. Hello, are you there? Yes, yep. I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you hear yeah. me? <coughs> yes. Okay. It was interesting that uh, when she talks about the, the spiritual freedom of the people in Bajor, there was internal strife at the uh, religious level because you had uh, the, you, the, the the different the priests the priesthood or I guess in in the series they were called uh, Vedics and they were they were they were different characters they had different personalities and unfortunately like uh, for example Vedic Varial was a very positive character and he always uh, fought for the people and he had a good uh, heart but then the other the other uh, the other character Vedic Wen, she was like the 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 pope here on earth <laughs> yeah, but what a, are you talking about i'm talking about the series deep space the TV. Nine. okay well because i didn't know and a lot of people might not have other got that oh well since he's talking about that that's that's okay. why I'm, I'm following the story because you must have seen the series because you yes, I did. sounds like you loved it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I, I loved all the, uh, I never the, the saw Star it. Trek. So, never saw it. So that was that was played out in the storyline. You you had positive religious characters that were actually for the people, uh, but they were those that were power driven 
and under the guise of fighting for the people, they were all about power to themselves. Like Vedic Wen, I mean, she was she was a she was a, a the, you know the typical character that speaks very lofty in very uh, artistic ways, but she's all about power and control. <laughs> so, so she portrays that very well in the story. So it sounds like the reptilians that they're saying that were are involved or something like that. Well, they were kicked out of the planet, but unfortunately, now the uh, what do you call it? They they taught their uh, their followers very well. So that's the, that's the problem that we have on 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 our Earth with the deep space. They they're humans, yeah, but they're humans so far. Because they're they're so interested in control, and they don't see themselves as human. Because they see people as cattle, they they you know they kill and, and exploit children. So they actually don't think themselves as one of us. Right, right, right. They're, they're above us. Yeah. They're above us. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's one of the things being played out right now. Yeah, it is. Now, Walt. Um, at some point, they said something about, oh, I know, they were talking about, okay, the hub thing that they're talking about. And I have not been listening to the to the series, but I think you did, at least the first two. Um, this is the third one in him questioning like this. The thing that, that they were talking about, the hub, and concerning the putting uh, <clears throat> this facility together for trade but then they're also talking about a vortex and the vortex caught my attention because of David Wilcox's book which I think was the uh, ancient builders or something like that I think he called them the ancient builders Dolly actually had done a reading of 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 that and I cannot find that reading I think it ended up with Colleen and I don't have contact with her anymore but it was one of the funniest it went on for months she was doing a two-hour read of it you know every week and it went on for months but Dolly's presentation of it was just absolutely hysterical because she'd read something and then she talked to oh for heaven's sakes why are you saying that David that's not right <laughs> 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 and, and I mean, most of the she time, she was talking. She was talking to Dave. What during the, during the David, Wil David Wilcox? She kept talking to David Wilcox through it, and you know, <laughs> making her, her own comments. I do that too. Yeah, right. It's absolutely hysterical. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so I I didn't actually sit down and read the book. I think maybe I did read the book, but most of what I'm remembering comes from Dolly, so I might be a little off of my interpretation because of the way she kept interjecting. What but an expression. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, but my understanding of the story he was relating, he was talking in terms of the ancient builders, and he was describing what basically she's describing that they're, when they're talking about this vortex, in David's words, it was a, um, oh, what do they call it? The bridge. Um, in the series, is is referred to as a wormhole. Wormhole. Thank you. Thank you. That it was a, a wormhole. That it, the wormhole is 
does a pulsing thing. So sometimes you can get through it and sometimes you can't, but it's in the solar system near Jupiter. And he's describing a trading that this was one of the most important trading sites in uh, the universe or the galaxy because you could go through this particular portal to other galaxies. And that in, during this discussion that they have later on in, the, in the, that uh, our show, they're talking about it. And uh, Michael Salah was saying that he was concerned about could somebody use that portal to enter our, you know, area. And uh, Elena reassured him that, or Elena slash Thor uh, reassured him that if that, that they had a lot of, uh, let's say, safety valves on that system, but if it did happen, that they would be here to protect everything. In <clears throat> David's story, the ancient, the ancient builders um, stayed here, built this thing, had all of the... And he was talking in terms of a local uh, group of stars, that there's a local group of stars, and that this was what he was talking about, was the, this specific... The, that we're a part of, that the solar system is a part of. And the ancient builders finally leave, but in leaving... They they set up a, a like a, a web of um, protection in the form of it always strikes me like that Death Star from uh, Star Wars, you know these 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 circular vehicles that in this case one of them is our moon. That's his story, and uh, there's other people that have kind of like got on to the fact that maybe the moon is an artificial moon, that it's, you know, really made of metal, and the hollowness that they talk about in science regarding the moon, because now they realize that there are chambers in it are actually man-made, and not, um, you know, not something that, that was a natural outcrop of, of, you know, celestial building of the moon. But I found it fascinating how close her description of what was about to become was his description of what he thought he was looking at in the past. Um, it's just intriguing how you have these different kind of unrelated stories. I mean, that book was written probably, oh, I bet six, seven years ago that she did that. I know it was at least that long that she did the reading on it. So I found that very interesting. Um, I don't know what quite to make of it, but again, it's a it's a story that kind of hangs there about Deep Space Nine being uh, the story of what will become. And one of the things that because I don't I, I I really didn't get into that. I I saw a lot of episodes, but I didn't really get completely immersed in it. And they said something about the reptilians um, coming through that wormhole. Is that how it ended? Because I remember it seemed to have ended abruptly. No, it didn't end abruptly. They just what uh, what what ended up happening is they actually the 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 final bad guy, the final battle on on uh, Deep Space Nine, because you have to 
put things into context, the wormhole that connects the 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 Federation is in a, in a part of space that's called Delta Quadrant. It's the part of the galaxy. It's a quadrant of the It's a part of the galaxy. It's called the Delta Quadrant. But the wormhole connects the Delta Quadrant with the with the Delta Quadrant, which is another part of the galaxy. I mean, you can't travel there with ships because it's so far away. It would take you years to travel there, but that's why you use the wormhole. It's so convenient. So toward the end of the series, the fi the final battle was with an of another another civilization called the Dominion, and they they stretched that as far as they could because nobody understood really who the Dominion were. They dominated different civilization. Uh, if they don't if they don't like you, they'll show up in your planet and you'll be no more. So everybody was afraid of the Dominion because <laughs> this is. You better not make them into enemy because it's the end of life. And then you end up discovering that the Dominion is actually controlled by this civilization of living beings that are not solid. In fact, they refer to us, you, me, everyone else, as solids because they themselves are like liquid. If you, When you visit their planet, all you see is this gigantic ocean, but it's not an ocean, it's not water. It's these living beings, they're actually liquid. And because they're so afraid of, of what they refer to as solids, because solids are in the beginning exploited them and, and whatever, you know, all the history, they ended up, you know, they ended up deciding that the only way that they could guarantee their survival was by controlling everybody else. Put everybody under control, then you yourself are guaranteed that you're going to survive. So that was, the uh, the end result was there was this big fight because okay uh, what what the um, I guess that would be the equivalent of the CIA or something <laughs> I'm thinking of the what roles they played there was a, a secret an, an an intelligence group that worked for the star remember starfleet was the military branch of the uh, of, of star trek they had the, all the the ship's captains there they were all you know they all served starfleet well starfleet had a secret branch like uh like the cia or something like that or the nsa and the this group on their own they discovered a a, a way to chemically um, uh, altered, they, how can I say that, they found a way to attack the, the, these liquid people that they could become solid for a time, but they have to, every 24 hours, they have to go back to their liquid state. So they found a way to uh, affect them in a way that they, they couldn't go back to being liquid, so they would begin to decay. So for them it was death because once once you start decaying and you can't go back to being liquid and that's it that's your death it's a, a very it's a very slow death so the, these guys at the at, toward the, it's one of the final episodes they revealed the what was the formula that would that would uh, make these these guys solid so what they did 
is they they, they uh, had a, a, a what do you call it a, a a treaty a free uh, a free um, what do you call it a peace treaty where the uh, er, uh, <clears throat> the um, federation would reveal what what was the what was the the antidote for this thing that would kill them and they in turn which would leave the delta quadrant forever they would leave the federation alone so that was a, a, the final scene where they were signing the documents and and everybody would go their way so the final the, the big bo the big bad bad guy at the, at the end of it was the the liquid people not the, not the not the uh, what do you call it the the art uh, what do you call it the um, not the uh, dominion the dominion they were the final bad guys not the Cardassians were just reptilians they were just reptilians but they were really not the big bad guy they were <laughs> they were minor compared to the dominion did they call themselves Cardassian or the Cardassian, the the Cardassian, they were a civilization. Yeah, the Cardassians. And now they, they're a television program. No, <laughs> <laughs> the spelling <laughs> of the name is different, and I don't know why it's going for ten years. How much can you look at something that's pointless? I mean, I don't, I don't see that. Those are but, those people who aren't real people who have no spirit. That's all they oh, can no, do. Yeah. Well, I guess I didn't. I didn't see the final final episode yeah. because Deep Space Nine was originally Deep Space Nine was Barak Noor. That was the name of the station, and they named it Deep Space Nine when they when it was taken over by the by the Federation. Now I heard that these things like the Federation and that was all military composited, you know, manifested to certain things because they have their own space military and uh you remember alfred weber alfred Lamont weber right he was part of this exopolitics stuff and mm -hmm. um i think i've seen a hub ship once in st pete florida that was interesting at the military base right over mcdill air force base and I just couldn't get to my camera fast enough to get a picture. And it was like basically ground level, which was amazing too. Um, so I I can't say that I can condone or can can deny <laughs> them. You deny. know? Yeah, I just it's hard for me because I've I've met a few reptilians but they were the positive reptilians and of course they were military too and then um from Sirius b area i met so the ones i didn't meet they were mean they were suckwads could you expand on this story i mean you met them where'd you meet them in the coffee shop or <laughs> how much of a suckwad <laughs> Where I was basically oh. paralyzed, and it was during my waking time, let alone the time that they were accosting me. So, um, 
The ones that I met, which was the reptilian soldier, and he was very nice. Just, I mean, it was. You ever just go through any of those times? You know, like when you talk to the gin or whatever. And you just happened to be there and you got in this conversation with that type of being. That kind of stuff's happened to me since I was a child. So I was asking questions and I was getting answers. And those two characters were the two that came to talk to me. So I would lose my mind thinking I was going nuts the way everybody treated me. Because I had answers and... Nobody wanted the answers. Oh, she's possessed by the devil. Oh, she, you know, I was the outcast, basically, almost my whole life. So you were normal. Yeah, for us. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the nasty ones, yeah, I ended up paralyzed. And oh, I'll tell you a funny story. So, so I'm in St. Pete, Florida. After I got kicked out, I, and I had to go back and take care of stuff and. This was in 2010, 9, 10, somewhere around there. So I, I have a set of false teeth. That's all there is to it. All my teeth aren't real. And basically the bottom one has been broken for years because I ate one of those big old pretzels and snapped, snapped right down the center. But at that time, there were so many cats around There was no place just to take them out at night to go to bed without me thinking, what the hell is going to happen to my teeth with all these cats, you know? (laughs) So I kept them in my mouth. One morning I wake up and I'm thinking everything's fine because I could feel the top mouthpiece, but I couldn't feel the two bottom ones. And I'm like, okay, what happened? Because who would come in? I never in my whole time ever wearing my teeth in my mouth same when I lived in my van there was no place to put your teeth so basically I kept them in my mouth and um so I'm like oh gosh what the heck I hope the cats didn't get out me they're probably buried in the oh no so I started taking the sheets off the bed and checking to see well maybe they flipped out and Ended up where you'd think they'd be on top, right? If that's what happened. Maybe a little under, but not much. I found them four layers down under blankets set in perfect position like they were to go in my mouth. I'm like, okay. Who's messing with me, man? Somebody's messing with me when I'm sleeping. That is a really strange story. Oh, my I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out how the hell that happened. Well, I That's, know that they've been coming, taking me. Ah. Uh, I just haven't always met them when they did. Yeah, I remember one time um, I was falling asleep and all of a sudden... I felt myself leaving my body and there was a beam of white light all around me. And Mm -hmm. I remember clearly going like, oh, wow, is this what happens? And then, boom, nothing after that. (laughs) So So you ruined it. No, maybe that isn't what it was. 
Well, I think it was just, yeah, it's a learning thing, you know. Teaching. Yes, wake up, see this thing so you know it's real. Because that's that's the thing, is that why, why, how is it that we can get through life when everybody thinks we're crazy? Well, it's because the experiences we have are so real that <clears throat> nobody can convince me they're not. Right. And that's what gets us through, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like this, for instance. Um, she goes in and she says that Putin is a good guy, that the, uh, the dark hats are working both sides of the Israeli-Palestinian uh, question. And, you know, she goes into a, to a lot of very interesting things. But she is saying things that, that, that we've been talking about. Right. And that, that, that's, that's the difference now, is that there is so much confirmation from so many different sources about the story that I don't understand why the rest of the world isn't seeing what we see. You well, know, it's, it's like yeah, it can't be blatant. Wouldn't that be nice? What got me when she was talking about that stuff is the um, experimental underground demonic kind of stuff where they were making super soldiers that would be out and they would, it didn't matter. So that's why we have our military there too because we had and why Russia was taking out like a hub that was underground that was all for the scientific create the germs or whatever, you know, warfare, germ warfare, and that they were making these cloned super soldiers that were so tough, there was no way we could have fought them off or for anything. So that surprised me, but I can see that. And I really like the idea that Russia would help take responsibility, and he's not on China's side. Because they're seeing that, um, oh, what do you call it? What is communism? There's another word for it that they're trying to get over on America now. Socialism? Something like that, yeah. You know, the one world order bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, there has... There was little twinkles in that video, but not much about the med beds in that, like they advertise to get your attention. But well, yeah, the med beds—it's like okay. I mean, to me, it's like we've already got them. <laughs> you know, we know enough about healing energetically. I thought that her, the, the discussion between her and Michael concerning the med beds, because. And when I say her, I'm saying Elena slash Thor, because um, he basically said to, to Michael, yeah, you'd like to get into one of those, wouldn't you? Because Michael was saying, you know, who gets preferential treatment, the light workers? And he said, no, the people that need it. <laughs> and so he says that uh, M Michael asked the question, why, why are you going at first with the people that need it even though they're not light workers we know that you can heal with energy 
And, you know, Thor said, well, yes, that's the point here. Somebody that is decrepit and weak cannot do energy work on themselves. So we need to get to those people to help them. Light workers can use, you know, energy to heal. And I thought that was an interesting uh, statement. Yeah, a little ego involved, right? (laughs) It was really true. You know, somebody that's very out of it, you know, you, you you don't have the strength or the focus to be able to do energy healing. Don't just feed the hungry first. Yeah, I would. So it's, uh, yeah, but there was a lot in that um, that whole hour show that was uh, very interesting. And like I say, confirming what we've been saying. It's like Putin. Who, who's Putin? Well, Putin basically is, is dead. He died in um, the spring of 2020, as best as I can figure out. And I heard about that when um, Ani Avedisian actually called me and said, do you have any indication that Putin is alive or dead? And I, at that time, I had been, every time I would scan Russia, for whatever reason that got my attention, I'd, I'd get this feeling something's not right. But I never considered the fact that, well, maybe it's because Putin isn't there anymore. But when um, the reason that she had asked is somebody had asked of her, is this true? And um, her sources said, yes, it is true. He's dead. And that he was uh, poisoned by the man he trusted more than anybody else. And the guy said, they threatened my family. There was nothing I could do. And Putin supposedly, well, Ani said that Putin was, because she could connect with him on the other side, was said, look at, I I had done what I could do in that body. You know, now it's, I can do more from this side. And that the first body, that the first guy that went in was uh, a dark hat. And I, at that time, did a comparison between 2016 Putin, uh, 2016, no, 2019, Putin when he met with uh, President Trump and then the current pictures, you know, that day of the most current picture and they they were not the same man. You just look at the pictures, you knew that. But then it seems like the, the White Hats took him out and put their own version in it and she confirmed that the Putin that's there now is a White Hat. Uh... So yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting excursion into. We don't mo- we don't talk about the space force too much anymore because who the hell knows what it is. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, we're going to this Star Trek universe, which should be a lot of fun. Well, it's there. It's maybe just now the vortex or the stargate or the wormhole or whatever has made it so the veil is lighter because she did say that you could see us out there. You just need to look. You know, the other ships, the other groups that are here that are supposed to be assisting and helping, but they got to know we want 
to do it ourselves more than needing assistance. You know, I don't mind them keeping a gate, an eye on the gates, you know, and who's coming through, like nothing like Mexico and the Southern Wall or anything. just enough to give us a a place to be able to have level footing to literally make the changes that we know need to be made just saying yeah yeah but you know I hear military I think of the DOJ and the DOD, and then they're the ones who made COVID. I mean, come on. Well, there's so many layers. It's it's like peeling back an onion, and then there's just more layers and layers and layers. But we do what we can do. And, you know, um, we've only got six minutes in this t- the top of this hour. So I just wanted to touch base on something that we've talked about before. Uh, and that's the Speaker of the House race. And it, it actually it actually has a lot to do with what we were just talking about, Mona. Because they finally it, it got the, the Speaker of the House is now a guy by the name of Mike Johnson. And Hannity interviewed him for 43 minutes, I think it was. Nice. Just recently. And you can get it on YouTube. Just go to Fox Nation's. And just put Fox, Fox, comma Hannity, and uh, you'll be able to he- hear this this discussion they had. I love this guy. He is first off. He came out from nowhere. All of a sudden, he was like the last man standing. He did get Trump's endorsement. The questions that Hannity was asking were very, very, Hannity doesn't hold back. You know, if if he said, you know, I hear you've been indicted, you know, that type of thing. But he, he they've said a lot of uh, cruel things about the man. And one of them was um, something he said in a court of law regarding homosexuals. Now, it, it was kind of like, whoa, and this was years ago, you know, back when it wasn't even a law. You know, I mean, at that time, it was like against the law to be married in most states as a homosexual. But he um, he, he answered this question in, in just, he was so matter of fact about it, you know, but he said, Look, at that time I was a lawyer and the case I was working on regarded, you know, the fact that these people wanted to get married and and they couldn't because the law did not support that. He said, but then the Supreme Court made a change and that's the law. So, yes, I support it now. I had no fundamental emotional or any other, and I'm really paraphrasing, emotional or any other kind of things that were happening, I was looking at the law. And he he just, every question that Hannity asked him, he had such an amazing answer for it. And I'm like, really, really getting into this guy. You know, I mean, every, everything he was, yes, the Bidens are uh, crooked as crooked could be. Uh, The Ukraine thing is like, We've got to have an accounting on the Ukraine thing. 
we have to support, you know, our Israel for a lot of reasons. We are going to take down the uh, the the uh, deficit. We're going. We're not going to be giving all this money everywhere because we don't have them. I mean, everything he said was just like right out of my, you know, hope, <laughs> my hope book. I hope we can do this. You got to close the border and stuff. But he then at the end, of, near the end of the show, well, it was it was the end of the show. He said, you know, Congress is a very complicated place. You have good people coming from different views of what is good, coming together. And this was how the Framing Fathers set it in motion. The only way you can get to the best end is to hear conflicting opinions about something. And then you can't ever get everything you want, but you sit down and you hash it out and you get something that is the best thing for the people. But this is where he really made me like, oh, wow, this guy is, you know, really together. He said, but, you know, in the end, in the end, sometimes you just can't get there. He said, but we've got something. He said, and he pointed to the wall because Hannity was in D.C. at, you know, interviewing. I think he pointed at the wall and it said, in God we trust. He said, but in God, we trust. In the end, we're backed up by God. And to, to, for, for somebody that's a politician in Washington to so blatantly, I mean, it was like, I love this guy. And his whole persona, the energy that he puts out, he's very special. And even though I was like, get Jim Jordan, get Rick, do this thing, you know, it's like, just like Elena was and Thor were talking about, you know, you have to have these scenarios of learning. And I was w- willing to settle, but the universe was not. And this guy is everything I would think you should be to be Speaker of the House. So I just wanted to tell you guys that, that there's a new sheriff in town, and he does seem like somebody that is going to uh, bring order out of chaos. Okay, somewhere over the rainbow, we'll be right back. And welcome back to the Say What Show. It's October 28th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Mona Radler. Dolly Howard had internet problems, and we are really very sad she's not here, but she did leave leave us a list. So, um, and it's quite an extensive list. Walt, are you ready to read that thing? Well, maybe she wants to come on because she's online now. She is? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, she's right there. I just checked that, and... uh, Oh, she... All she has to do is go to Skype and join the call. Yeah, she's really with us. So well, not so... She, she wrote the word test. <laughs> yeah, I know, oh. but if you look on the, who's in the um, participating in chat, she's not in there. Ah. Uh. Like she disappeared right after she wrote that. 
<laughs> it must be that thing that Nancy said that uh, it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. Okay. Well, if, uh, <clears throat> let's see. Okay, why don't you start? I'm going to put this. This okay. Is a, it, this is a Twitter thing, and I'm going to put it into the chat so that people can actually look at it if they want. And I'm going to um, message her saying, join the thingy or let us know you're up or whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, why don't you start reading? Okay. Uh, written by an N by an NICU nurse. I am a neonatal intensive care unit nurse. For almost 14 years, I worked in some of the best children's hospitals in the country. I have never really been one to question modern medicine until somewhat recently. When you work in, in healthcare, you mostly just assume that everything is research-based, done with purpose, and done for the ultimate good of the patient. First, do no harm, right? I think having my own child and realizing the gravity of my decisions regarding his care gave me a big, very dig, a very deep uh, inf into the research behind what has come to be second nature in the majority to the majority of us: vaccines. I am not crazy. I am not a crazy, emotionally driven person. I think anyone re reading this knows me well enough to appreciate that about me. My husband will tell you that I research things to death. It's true, I don't watch TV, and I couldn't care less what Hollywood celebrities have to say about any topic. I never have been interested in the autism aspect argument, and that is not all, not at all what led me to start looking into vaccine research. I was actually one of my best friends who is critically, who is a critical care pediatric nurse practitioner who was always in favor of vaccines, worked in cardiac ICU and oncology units in reputable children's hospitals and thought I was crazy not to vaccinate your kids. Flash forward today, today, to today and none of her children are vaccinated. She is one of the smartest most well-read and, and well-researched people I know. She has written medical journal articles and has contributed chapters to medical textbooks. She does not make decisions without a great deal of research, thought, and prayer. So when she did a 180 on vaccines, I listened and I began to research on my own. I went from spending 14 years of my nursing career given vaccines to my patients and thinking parents who didn't vaccinate were responsible and crazy to now recognizing the great harm that is being done to our children by the vaccine industry. Autoimmune disease, asthma, eczema, full allergies, especially peanut, seizure disorders, learning disabilities, chronic ear infections, allergies, all these health issues are running rampant in our kids. I witness countless occasions of vaccine injury in the NICU, and the truly disturbing part is that it is considered normal. We would vaccinate babies, and then inevitably that night or the next night, the baby would have increased apnea, spells, they would stop dreaming, uh, breathing. 
they would require increased ventilator support, they'd have more feeding difficulties or higher amounts of gastric residual vomiting. The doctors were never surprised. This was just an expected response to vaccination. This was the standard in every NICU I worked in. That would be six different NICUs all over the country. I also never once, not in 14 years, observed a doctor giving true informed consent to parents regarding vaccinating their baby. It was our job as the nurse to get the parents to just sign the consent form after handing them a, printing, a printed off sheet from the CDC, which was strongly biased toward vaccination. If you were told the truth that your baby would stop breathing after getting vaccines, would you perhaps question it or at least ask to postpone until they are older? If you are a parent, aren't 100% if you as a parent aren't 100% certain that the, men, the medical intervention you are giving your child is safe and healthy for them, then you have the right and the responsibility to say so. Ask to wait. Ask to delay until you research further. You can always vaccinate later. You can never unvaccinate. Every state allow for va vaccine exemptions for your child to attend public school. Most allow for religious or conscience exceptions, 47 states, in addition to medical exemptions. I am not demanding that you stop vaccinating your kids. I am simply urging you to question. Do your own research. Find sources that aren't, bought, that aren't bought and paid by the pharmaceutical industry. Make sure there aren't conflicts of interest. And that's the first letter. Well, that that to me is is just plain sad. You know, that she had to go through that many years before she finally got it. And, you know, you have to say, well, what what's behind you saying this now? And I think that, again, going back to what Elena was saying, that we have to develop exper experience to come to a new awareness and a new growth. And I think that this is the type of thing that we hopefully will see more of, that there's a point in time where there's a line in the sand you know, and they just can't cross it. And now you're seeing, I, I'm i pissed off that they do it late, you know, but they're doing it. And maybe there's more and more that are doing it. So thank you for that, um, brave nurse now. And, um, you know, for, for, for Dolly, thank you for finding it. You want to go to the second one? The second one is from. Hey, wait, let's ask. Let's ask Mona something. Oh yeah. Would you, would you like to comment on this? The situation with the COVID put a lot of fear and a lot of composure on people, thinking that they had to conform. I mean, supposedly talked them into saying it was all for the best of society. La 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 la. So there was a test to see. How many are actually going to follow through and not look at the evidence of what it is that they were putting themselves through? You know, who's awake and who's asleep? Well, I guess a lot of people are kind of waking up now, but you can't change the damage. Is there a memoir? 
I believe in miracles. I believe there's magic, so maybe we can change the damage, but... Well, when, uh, as, well, you and I share a common, a common thread on that business of uh, we're different from everybody else, and growing up, I used to be criticized no end because I would do my own thinking. Or I, I wouldn't just accept things because somebody says, oh, this is great, or this is fantastic, or I just wouldn't follow the same music that everybody else is following. And no, I don't care what their, 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 their music they're singing. I, 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 I'm going to follow my own thing, not what everybody else is doing. Just because everybody else is doing it, I have to do it as well. Well, that, which used to be... Uh, the thing that we suffered for, it's now becoming commonplace. It's becoming little by little. Now people are waking up to, oh, it's okay to ask around. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay not to accept, just because everybody, remember the thing that uh, mothers were uh, criticized for saying that, oh, if everybody decided to shoot themselves in the foot, you would go and shoot yourself in the foot too, you know, that, that kind of thing. Well, now it's becoming commonplace. It, it's okay to ask. <laughs> it's okay to ask, is it okay to shoot myself in my, you know, just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean that you have to do it. No, at all. So that that's becoming more commonplace. The question, okay, if everybody's doing it, I have to do it? Why? <laughs> so now it's becoming more commonplace that it's it's okay to ask, oh, just because everybody likes it, I'm supposed to like it too? Before you, oh, you'd never hear, oh, uh, it, it would be like heresy. Oh, how dare you ask? That, that's the, that singer is the best singer in the world. How dare you ask? You, I don't think he's the best singer in the world. He's a, he's a good singer, but I don't think he's the best. You know, where where it used to be commonplace that it, because one person likes something, everybody everybody has to, oh, everybody. Because somebody like, loves this music, oh, everybody has to love that. You can't, you, oh, how dare you question that singer? No, no, no. Everybody loves him, so there should, you should follow, love him too, because everybody loves him. Don't don't ask questions. No, that that that's over and I'm done with. That's the old programming. I mean, there was last night I saw a, a, a very interesting video, a two-hour video. It was produced by uh, David Wilcock and Corey Good, and uh, a lot of there were a lot of people there, um, and uh, there were there was a, a gentleman. He looked to be like in his late eighties, and he's talking about um, he was uh, involved in, in the military and the uh, naval. Yeah, I think he was a naval officer. And that at one point in the story, he finds out that every single book put out by every single university, college, whatever, it, every single book, everything that's inside of the university library is disinformation because the uh the the reptilians when they came over six thousand years ago that's the first thing they did they misinformed everyone so that everyone would be do what they wanted not what they what they would really 
what they were. I mean, they that way they wouldn't be acting upon the real truth of anything. They would be acting upon the truth as being offered by them. So the man says that every every single book from every single university, every single college, everything is disinformation. Nothing and and I. Nancy knows me. I've been saying it since when, since I started playing around with this thing with the electricity. I told Nancy every single book that's written about electricity is, say, is saying to use the right hand rule. Electricity moves following the right hand, and I found the opposite. It's the left hand rule. But it, it makes perfect sense. Everything is written in order to be dis in order to be disinformed. So you so that that proves proper positive. What I've been saying all along is that they teach you things incorrectly. Mm. So you're doing things incorrectly, like the motion of electricity. You're doing it. You're being given the wrong information. So you're you're the the use of electricity is incorrect. So imagine an entire library filled with this disinformation. So. In a way, when I look at that, I'm so happy I never went to university. <laughs> it kind of gave me a chance to think on my own. Right. Instead of following all the programming and all the books that they have. Well, well like one example of that is um, the Middle Ages. And I've, I've always like been kind of baffled by it because I, when I was in history, I had to write, you know, term papers, that sort of thing. And I was fascinated with the Middle Ages. I had been all my life because one of my reincarnation personalities that I remember the experience in a very real way, he was uh, a serf and he lived uh, in France and he was, his job was to live in the middle of the forest where you know the nobleman's property and just make sure that everything is going fine out there so for his entire life his name was Saul for his entire life he was by himself but he was with and he kind of reminds me of Anastasia because Anastasia um, because the his interaction with nature was very mystical and magical and thank god i had that experience because it's like i say it's one of those memories that i had from very very early so when i had this term paper i got i was working on ancient history it was a term paper for that and i started looking at that time frame where he he lived i wanted to know more about it and i find this book that's still on my bookshelf someplace up there it's called the Pierrin Doc Doctrine something like that and it's a book written about the Middle Ages where it's totally different than what I was being taught it was describing the amount of trade and the amount of wealth and it was not the Dark Ages but it's been portrayed as the Dark Ages that nothing of real importance ever happened during the Middle Ages. But my sus suspicion is, is that that's when a lot of the 
there, there must have been some kind of uh, because right, what what follows the Middle Ages is the Renaissance. You know, where all of a sudden all this information, all this science is happening. That always struck me as being kind of like, well, what motivated that? Why did you all of a sudden go from this dark, you know, period of life into this amazing discoveries all over the place from the stars to chemistry? Well, what if it wasn't? What if the Middle Ages was a special time where people were like we are now in the verge of evolving and that there was a jump in consciousness because why would you take a vibrant society and tell everybody nothing happened there was the dark ages and if you go and you try to research it there's not a whole lot of information but this guy had a I mean this book is full of information so and in, in, in the uh, Ringing Cedars of uh, Russia books, she said, how many times was it? 20 times that humanity had gotten to a point of making that big leap from the third dimensional reality into the realization that there were multi-dimensional realities. Was it I, 20 times? I can't remember that part. Sorry. It was It was quite a number of times. And she said that Every time they would get to the point of making this big jump, something would happen and they would evolve back down. It was, you know, well, in the case of like the Middle Ages, <clears throat> they didn't exactly evolve back down from the sense of economy and society and, and science and that. They actually went further. But there was a change in the spiritual awareness thing because out of that time frame, you get the concept of uh, the Lutherans and the Christians saying, wait a minute, we're not believing in this Christian thing. And then you have a lockdown of it. Everything after that is like, the, you know, why, why, why did we have the Mayflower? Well, because the Puritans... In their religion, you know, which was a takeoff on Christianity, I guess. I don't really know too much about it. But they, when they came over here, it was because they couldn't practice their religion at that time. So they probably stamped down on the practice of religion because it was also the practice of free thinking. No, I'm not going to follow the Pope. I want to, you know, have my own version of what's real. So... Um, I'm just giving you an example when you were talking about it I'm giving you know I, I re remember from my own experience that um, that this was was a was a a whole lie to begin with you yeah. know well according to I don't know I wish he had, I had asked ask, asking more detailed questions but uh, when uh, I when uh, Joseph uh, Costa spoke about the. Uh, he remember he wrote the book the uh, the Eagles of Consciousness and he and and the thing the declaration of of of, uh, of what do you call it the declaration of independence and all of that. I don't know. I don't remember why or if he explained it, 
but for some reason there was a, a, a small amount of time, something like almost 300 years in, in human, in American history or something. It was something around that. There was a, a small amount of time where for, for that limited amount of time, humans were without interference. And unfortunately, that that time, amount of time passed, and they went back to full control. It, it it was the time when they were still, you know, the reptilians were controlling everything. So that's that's why uh, it makes it makes sense what this man said uh, in the presentation last night is that everything, every single book that's in all the libraries, it's all this disinformation, because the the reptilians had it that way, in order to control them. That's why nobody knows the the true science, the true physics, the, the the true nothing. They don't know the true anything because everything's been altered. So that you won't ask, just be satisfied with this and no more. And, and that's and that's coming to the well, <laughs> well. Plus the fact that they built out the technology and the electromagnetic technology, and. We know because of past show the connection to DNA and its ability to be influenced by electromagnetic. And by doing, you know, when you first said, well, it's all phony, the, you know, it's the left hand rule. And you, you were sure, absolutely positive that it was a conspiracy, that it wasn't just that there was a 50 50 chance that Faraday find <laughs> the wind the wire in one direction or the other and i'm going like yeah this you know i'm a conspiracy person but walt's taking this way too far but <laughs> you know as you were talking i'm going like well maybe he was right again <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah because if you realize that the dna can't can't uh, evolve because of the change in the environment and by the change in environment I'm talking about the change in space you know we're traveling at what is it you know 260,000 miles an hour through space the planet and where we are in a, in a time point of view like you know when you're in a car you've got coordinates well the coordinates in evolution is space-time and place so you got place and space well we're the space earth is a space the place keeps changing and at the dna level every single change that is made to the environment affects the dna so if you've got a system in place that won't allow that transition that it doesn't matter where you are your DNA is so screwed up because of the build out of the electromagnetic environment. You know, it, it, it's 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 really stunning that um, we are on the verge because even Anastasia said that what she she didn't say what she said, but something happened in 2000 that stopped the deterioration and the reversal of everything. This time we got over the hump. And, uh, she, you know, I wished, I wished he had asked her that question. Well, what is it? What, what happened in 2000? 
but uh, I never did hear an answer for it. But she confirmed that, you know, we've gotten over that hump that kept us from really progressing in our own advancement. So. Yeah. Anything, Mona? You got any uh, comment on that? No. No? No. No. Okay, no. All right. I looked at the list that Dolly gave us, and to be honest with you, uh, what comes next is not something that I think we want to talk about right now. It's a politics type type of thing. Mm -hmm. And we've got about a half an hour here. So is there any kind of, well, I'll tell you what I'd like to talk about, Walt, because you've listened to more of her, uh, Elena's uh, channeling here. And she's using a whole bunch of different names. Like she she talked about a galactic federation and then an intergalactic. Yes, uh, she she makes a distinction with both of them because she she's made a, she refers to the galactic federation, but then she refers to the intergalactic federations, which according to her is is a bigger. It appears to be. Uh, an even bigger a conglomerate of civilizations. Right. Mm. It would right. make sense considering the amount of space that, you know, is in, in, involved in all of this. So. Well, you guys all have heard my rendition of the 1989 when um, my cat started talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get into the whole story. But. When the cat started talking to me, it was like telepathically. I mean, you know, he wasn't mouthing sound. Telepathically. He jumped up on my lap and he started, hey, I need to tell you something. And I was like, what? (laughs) What? You know, all of a sudden, clear as a bell, I can hear this voice in my head. Yes. And he identified himself as working for the Galactic Federation. And that he was sent to me to be a conduit of information like he was giving me now. And it had to do with an attack on Earth by what I, I, I don't know whether they called it the Marauders or I just made up that name, but the Marauders that had been um, mining the Earth for green tourmaline for millennia. And now people are waking up and they knew that they were running out of, let's say, a free, a free uh, source because nobody was claiming dominion on the planet. That's what was being told to me. And so because nobody was complain, c- claiming dominion, nobody said that they couldn't do this. And the, and the Galactic Federation couldn't stop them because nobody had claimed dominion. So I say to Ben the cat, uh, well, so what do you what do you need me to do? And he was like, claim dominion. And I said, so one person is going to claim dominion and the, the ETs are going to have to fly off to wherever or the Galactic Federation can chase them off. And he's going, yep, that's it. And I said, uh, OK, I'll claim I'll claim dominion. And. Then, then he says to me, now he says he, it was sort of like. I'm paraphrasing, but he's saying, well, you're not going to really believe that all this is true. So what we want you to do is find out what happened in Russia yesterday. 
And so then he said, and that's that, and he got down. So I, we didn't have, I, I don't even know, we didn't have computers and internet at that time. I don't even know how the hell I found it. But I found this 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 newspaper article about a spacecraft coming down in a town that begins with, or city actually, begins with a V that's 200 miles or 100, within 100, 200 miles of Moscow. And this circular craft came down right in the center of the square. And out pops this humanoid kind of character and also a robot that they described as looking like the robot that came off the spaceship in the day the Earth stood still, the original one, way back in, I don't what? know, my 60s at least. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was called the day the Earth stood still because this outer towner, <laughs> you know, had come down to say, look at you people who are on the verge of nuking yourselves to death and you've got to stop and to show you what is the potential, if you don't stop, we're going to stop everything. And so they shut down the electricity, everything, everything just stopped. And that was the uh, the story. But the fact that they used two very uh, well-known figures, you know, back in 89, figures uh, from sci-fi that probably every kid saw that movie. It was an amazing movie. And it just okay, but again, this and 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 when I found it, then, but because one of the things that, that after after I had the conversation with Ben, I started to get direct telepathic information from somebody, the Galactic Federation, somebody, and what they explained was that this Marauder group um, knew that they were about to somebody was going to claim dominion and they'd have to leave so but they decided that they would take a chance and just take over the world you know stop this this dominion thing and just take over the world and that was a the first thing that they did was to make themselves seen and you know i mean this was a russian newspaper that wrote about this this is a very well-known ufo story and the Russians, I, you know, I don't know what was said. You, you didn't hear, you know, what might have been said. Was there a meeting? Was you know, there's a lot of information that's missing from this. But it might have been very similar to the Dwight Eisenhower meeting in, um, I think it was '54 in, uh, well, it, what is it now? It's different. They call it something different, but it was a Holland uh, Air Force base at the time. And he met with some ETs that said, if you don't stop this nuclear crap, you know, you're going to be in trouble. If you do stop it, we will give you technology. And for whatever reason, Eisenhower didn't burn, didn't believe him. And there's a story that he actually made an agreement with the reptilians versus what was probably the Palladian or the Galactic Federation. Um, So there's... So many, so many different stories out there that have actually happened that people don't really hear about. Like in one time during the 50s, because there was a lot of activity during this, this period of time. Um, at, at one time, there was a whole fleet of 
saucer-like UFOs that were buzzing Washington, D.C. Oh, those were the Nazi ones. They were Nazis, yes. And I had, I had a friend that was actually there when that was happening. And she said it was the scariest time of her life because you didn't know what in the hell was happening. And then they just stopped and, you know, that was that. Well, there's a lot of indication that these Nazis from Antarctica, that's apparently where they where they came from. I mean, this is a, just a story. I can't confirm it, but I've never heard anybody dispel that concept that it was actually Nazi flying, you know. Disc. Well, high jump happened. That wasn't a, a, a that wasn't a joke. That wasn't a movie. That really happened. So, well, high jump was a, a Admiral Byrd was given the, one of the biggest Navy flotilla uh, that since World War Two, but even you know dwarf some of the World War Two uh, ship. Uh, uh, whatever they were doing, convoys type of things. Um, they went down to Antarctica, and it was supposedly a scientific investigation, but they've got all these military planes and ships. And during that time, he disappeared for, well, let's say the, the plane he was on would have run out of gas long before he flew back. So he had landed somewhere. And according to the reports he actually saw an opening in the ice and i don't know because again it's a lack of information but it was like they landed inside this hole and met up with some people that identified themselves as in earth people but were they the nazis we don't really know because at that point the ships that he gets back. It was the Nazis because they, when they were attacked outside, they were attacked was, by Hanabu ships. The Hanabu yes. were Nazi-made uh, craft. Yes, yes, but well, because we don't know if the inner Earth people exist there too. We only know, you know, that the Nazis attacked them. Why didn't they kill Bird? If he was inside their territory, if he was talking to the, why was he allowed to leave? Because I you know, think the inner people protected him and allowed him to leave. That's why I'm saying I think I think there might have been the Nazis were there in Antarctica. They attacked the ships and uh, did a lot of damage. And the you know the information that's uh, available on on that whole situation, the best presentation I've seen came from a a, a Soviet presentation of YouTube thing. And it was, it was unbelievable because they, they, they had film that I've never seen of these things attacking the ships. So I'm sure that's disappeared off the Internet a long time ago. But the, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that he could have been sent back as a messenger because he stops in South America. I don't know if it's Argentina or Brazil. And he stops there and tells some reporter that the next war will be fought with vehicles that can go pole to pole in a matter of minutes. And then he got into trouble. <laughs> and he had to stop talking. 
I think there's a book out there. I don't. I never saw it, but there is a a, a report that his diary has been released by the Sun, but I've never seen it. You know, recently in the last ten years, probably. But uh, yes, it's a very real situation. So who knows? Maybe uh, that demonstration was of such a, a magnitude that. Um, the American government, you know, surrendered to the Nazi Brotherhood. We don't know. We don't know. Because there it was, it was all over the world, all this information, and then it just stopped. What stopped it? Well, so something something happened in Antarctica that the, the Nazis got uh, kicked out. That was the, um, the uh, what do you call no, it? The Remember, uh, where was it? There was not, I don't remember if it was uh, on the Michael Sala show or one of the other presenters. Where I ah, know, yeah, I remember when he was interviewing. He was in uh, Michael Sala was interviewing this the this man who said that uh, they were uh, he this. Person was stationed at the McMurdo uh, uh, base in, in Antarctica, and they were astounded that all of a sudden all these all these uh, Germans were coming in were coming in from the inside the continent. They didn't know where they were coming in. All they knew that they were coming in, and they were choosing McMurdo because. They can pick up a ship or an or an airplane from Magomoro, and they were exiting the continent. And every time they would ask them, you know, where are you coming from? Where where we haven't we weren't and nobody would speak a, a word, and they wouldn't answer, and they would only speak German. And they uh, Michael Sala was told that the other the, the higher the higher ups among the Nazis were leaving the continent through a jump portal and the um, the the other guys that the the low guys the because you remember they're very uh, i mean they're very um what do you call it the they're uh what do you call it? what is what is the word uh when when you have status high status low status when you're high the rank, status the rankings exactly when you have high ranking you would leave through the jump portals. The, uh, you have a low ranking. You have to leave by other, more cheap, cheaper uh, <laughs> transport. So people were exiting the continent by going to Mamordo. So some were taking planes, others were taking ships, and uh, they were exiting. It seems that the uh, the the um, Nazis were getting kicked out of of uh, Antarctica. So that's a big change. Then they were in control for so so long. Well, so, when when was that? When it did it happen? I remember you talking about it before. Yeah, I don't know. It's been two years now. Yeah, it's been a few years. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh shoot! I had I had another question for you. Oh okay. Yeah, the um, the, the arcs. Those space arcs. I mean, they. I think that that's what they were referencing when they started talking about um, 
the 24 space arcs on the Earth? Is there 24 now, supposedly? What, what more do you know about the space arcs? Well, there's um, Ellen, I believe, 24, because it's the thing that uh, Michael understood, that there's 24 races being represented by the arcs. But uh, if you rem you remember what Elena said, not all the civilizations travel by arc. It seems that there are some civilizations that actually travel uh, energetically. They don't need to use these uh, vehicles to transport themselves. So she she corrected the the number. So it was uh, something like twenty three or twenty two because like she said, not not all. They represent the civilizations actually travel by arc. It seems that some are so advanced, it must be pure energy, or they must jump from point A to point B, and there is no no ship involved. Bigfoot. <laughs> um. So, how many do you think there are? What 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 what's the what, just tell people what we think. The reason that we got into the arcs was actually because of the Ukraine war. <laughs> the There's an area in the Ukraine that's a desert. And it doesn't conform to being, there's no other desert-like situation in the whole circumference of the world, just there. So it would appear that something has prevented vegetation from even getting going. And there's supposedly a buried ark. It's a spaceship that's under soil, buried, buried. And that's that's one of the reasons for the uh, Russians invading, because they were aware that they, they were using the technology in this ark to do really nefarious things. So well, they, they, were they were trying to get into it. You know, because you have to have a special kind of vibration to get into these yeah, things. Special DNA. Right. And the dark cats couldn't get into it, but they had found it. And the Russians knew it was there and knew that they knew it was there and were trying to get into it. And so they decided that, you know, we better get there and secure that. And from a military standpoint, in the southern part of the Ukraine, the Russians were doing things with their military that didn't make any sense to me. Because they were out there in a desert doing something, not attacking the population and the infrastructure. Well, what, what are you doing? And then this thing, this report comes up, and as soon as I heard it, I said, oh, wow. If I hadn't seen it on the ground already, I might not have been so, you know, gung-ho to believe that there's some kind of a buried arc there but uh so they they know of that one they know of one in the atlantic they know of different places where these things might be correct i think yeah. five yeah okay well there's a television program called blind frog ranch and it's on the discovery channel and it's coming back on the 15th of november this particular story is really bizarre because <laughs> you got this guy that's kind of like a good old guy that is in search of Aztec treasure. 
in this particular area, which is not very far from um, Skywalker Ranch, in this particular area, there's uh, a series of mountains that correspond to a document that is supposedly the map to the Aztec treasure. So he buys a big chunk of this place. And they proceed to, uh, I wish Dolly was here because this is one of the nuttier programs we've ever watched. So they proceed to dig into this where they think it is. They went, I mean, I have never seen such stupidity on a a television program in my life. They were doing things that were so dangerous that it it just, it reminded me of my father. My father would do something. My mother and I would go like, oh my God, he's going to kill us all, you know whatever he was doing, and he always got away with it. For some reason, he always got away with it. But, and this was a situation there, they did some very strange things like diving into water-filled little tunnels. I mean, they were having a hard time navigating, but they did. They found this uh, big crate that they had a lot of film of, and they showed an Aztec authority who said, yes, that's Aztec building. And it was like taking rope, taking logs, and tying them together. And inside this were all these bags of something that seemed pretty heavy. So in a a crazy-ass stunt of his son diving down there and stuff, they get at least one of the bags, and they take it back to the surface. So they got this stuff, and it's not gold or silver. It's some kind of a metallic thing that they have no, none of nobody, even the the uh, geologist had never seen anything like it. So the good old guy, the owner there, the boss, he's got a piece of a couple of maybe it was just one uh, piece of this thing in his hand, and all of a sudden he looks down and it's turned to liquid. So they they analyzed this stuff, and it turned out to be a particular element that was a concoction that had only come into existence, you know, I think the previous decade. And it is something that they use in technology. Well, that was one of the problems with the show, is that they never pursued any more information on that. It just sort of... You know, it it happened, and and they talked about it, and then they stopped talking about it, and I was like, whatever happened to that, you know, (laughs) what happened there? And, um, but they're coming back. I I actually just, last few days ago, I started thinking about them. I said, I wonder if they'll bring that back. Well, they did. And I don't know what it's going to turn into, but the... um, the what, what do you call it? the premium you know giving those little promos of the show coming up there's somebody s- saying the only time i've ever seen this effect was regarding a black hole so whatever they found down there is like again something that what in the hell is in this mountain and then you got S- skinwalker ranch and they started to drill horizontally into this mountain after a chamber. They'd done all sorts of, you know, the uh, ground penetrating and stuff and blah, blah, blah. 
and they're they're looking into this mountain because they had seen they had seen some kind of a vehicle come out of the mountain got it on film it looked like it came right out of the mountain so they've got this drilling system and it's horizontally going through the side of the mountain and everything is going good it's going really easy and then all of a sudden they hit something and the drill bit started going i don't remember up or down but it wasn't going straight anymore it was like hit something and we were running along the side of whatever it hit so they pull it out and they find that the drill bit is not damaged you know if it was hitting rock or something it could have gotten chewed up but it wasn't damaged and there was little particles of things in it and again they were kind of met metallic and i i don't remember it it seemed like when they looked at it it was like they 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 knew what it was and travis the science guy was saying well this is used in technology but i'm not sure that they were it might have been the same stuff for all I know. And I don't know if they're, you know, they ought to get together and look at this together, you know. What is happening in this? But I'm wondering if there isn't some uh, arcs out there that are, are, you know, let's say under the under the threat of being discovered. And what are they saying is going to happen when all these arcs are discovered? Do you know? Well, they, they're, I don't know, because it's so far, it, it seems that they're, uh, the arcs are being claimed by the people that belong to that culture. Like, for example, the the arc that was being called upon by the, the Aztecs was one group that was interested in it. It seems that the, the different arcs actually belong to different groups. Not, not, not They're not all the same. They're, they don't all... Uh, come from the same source or the same cultural group. Like, for example, there was the, the, the Ark in the Atlantic. The, the guys that went in there were all uh, Aztec. And in, in, in other places, other Arcs. Because they, they couldn't open it up because yeah. of their biology. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So not, not all the Arcs are, are the same. They do the... They, they do seem to have a different source. Well, you know, when they first started talking about this sort of thing, it was in regards to the, uh, oh, is it Bulgaria? Romania. And it was a tunnel cave type of thing that they found and were Went to the oh, you mean the, the Sphinx in Romania, with that, that book written by uh, Radu Cinema that Michael Sala was talking about? They it's have Pe- that. They Peter, have I'm sorry? Peter Moon is the author. Oh, okay. Oh, but the guy you just named, he's the one that told Peter Moon the story. You're right. Oh. <laughs> You're right. Peter Moon, because I interviewed him on the show. Um yeah, and so th- they get to the end of it, and it's a vault door. And they couldn't get through the vault. So they called a known psychic in, from the 
Romania. And he walked up to the door and it opened up. He didn't do anything. He just opened up as soon as it got to his, you know. And now that we know about DNA being programmable and being like a, an electronic circuitry inside of us, you can kind of understand why they, the, if a, a certain DNA puts out a frequency, then it matches the trigger point on the door and the door says this is one of us and opens it up. And that when they opened that one up in Iraq, another similar, almost identical situation occurred there. And they had this door, they couldn't open it up, and all of a sudden it opened up. And well, it turns now, now you know, yeah, now you know that there's no coincidence at all with the, this uh, obsession with the uh, DNA, DNA vaccine. vaccine. Why? Why are they targeting the DNA in the vaccines? Why? Because they're they don't they want to weed out. They don't want those people to have access to this the to these arcs. So the only way to do insure themselves of that. Okay, let's shut them off. Let's shut them so that way they can't use this that stuff. Well, I don't doubt it in the least. <laughs> the they really are doing their best to not let us advance, but I don't think they're winning. Um, we're in the last minute here. You want to say uh, adios to the audience? Who are you talking to? Either one of you. <laughs> Both of you. Okay, good night, everybody. And please, in honor of our chief, uh, Dolly, please send the love blankets to everyone and everyone in the world. That's Good right. night, everybody. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry Dolly wasn't here. She's always a, a lot of fun. Um, and I hope she's not pulled out all of her hair. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, poor, poor Dolly. But I appreciate you guys all being here. Um, we start new shows on Tuesday, of course. And hopefully Walt will be there and say what. We'll see what we're going to do. Never know. And Jan will be back next week. So, and I'm just kind of rambling here because you guys never, I never know if you're going to say a lot or not. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> anyway. I'm looking at the time, 6.59 according to my machine. So it's not time to say much. <laughs> well, it's 38 seconds left. So I'm just going to say thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time. Missed you, Dolly. Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. <laughs>